Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Young Women Transform podcast. I'm Heather Risley with USAID's Office of Education. And I'm Lindsay Wolf from Youth Power Learning. In this episode, we're talking about the importance of partnerships. We're defining partnerships pretty broadly because they play a role in Safe Plan's work at a lot of different levels. They include relationships in the local community, engagement with government representatives who play a role in policy development that has a big impact on community development, as well as participation in professional networks that help Safe Plan staff grow organizationally, as well as individuals. You'll hear a bit about all these types of partnerships sprinkled throughout this episode. In the end, we'll look at how laws at the local and national level can contribute toward improving women's employment and livelihoods. Right now, we're going to start with Lindsay's conversation with Annette, the executive director of Safe Plan Uganda, about how they work with the local government. Here's Lindsay and Annette. To what extent is the Ugandan government involved or aware of your program? Local, regional, national? Uh -huh, local government, because we are still at a local level. We work with the local government, which is at the district level. Right now, we are in the process of finishing our partnership, of signing an agreement with the National Forest Authority, the local office, to allow us, to allow our members put use the forestry reserves, put their hives, so that they can use utilize the government free land as they conserve it. So that is how part of the government uh, support us, our programs. Then uh, another aspect is where they support our programs is through um, community sensitizations. Uh, we already, uh, when we have outreaches, they come in, they talk to the community sensitization, they, they give them information what the, pro, what the government programs, what they have. They give them information, what are the district uh, development plans, and how to see that the com uh, community getting uh, engaged more or no, come to know that the government services, like the health part of it, or raising awareness on, for example, on uh, yeah, illnesses like HIV, raising, raising awarenesses on climate change, environment. They do not give us monthly things, government, but there are other ways that government really support us. Could you tell us more about the networks that you're a part of, either as an individual or as an organization, and how those local, national, or international networks are supporting your work? One, I will start with a recent one. Youth power learning, of course, I'm in youth lead. There are a lot of discussions that uh, happen there. They share with us the resources that uh, resources that improve uh, on most of the programs because these resources mostly they are categorized. You are doing youth engagement. This is this. We have resources here. So there is a lot of sharing. There is a lot of learning. And also the webinars being organized there. We find the resources and help us to improve our capacity. Then um, one another network is the Young African Leaders Initiative, YALI. Uh, of course, we are now Uganda chapter. We partnered with them last Friday. They came and did the mentorship program. They did the mentorship activity. It was very amazing. It was very good. We, we saw a lot of change. We saw a lot of openness and interaction among the, the young people, which we believe that uh, 
is going to bring more impact in the community. I want to take a quick pause to give some background on the Young African Leaders Initiative that Annette referenced before, which we also call YALI. This is a U.S. government initiative that was started in 2010 to empower young people through academic coursework, leadership training, and networking. This partnership between USAID and the State Department has been successful in training thousands of young African leaders across the continent, including many of the prize grantees. As part of USAID's youth programming in Washington, building and expanding networks for young leaders is a huge priority, such as through the newly developed Youth Lead Platform. That's a website you can visit. You can hear in Annette's explanation how important these networks are for growing and gaining access to greater experiences and opportunities. Here's Annette again. Then we also we are in another network as an organization, uh, which is called Masindi Skills Platform Network. It is a network of, of the stakeholders who are promoting skills in young people. Uh, sharing knowledge and also discussing uh, opportunities and marketing systems that uh, are in these networks. And uh, the beautiful part of it, uh, we are on the steering committee of that network. And uh, our manager is a communication person in that network. So we find that whatever is being taken place, being discussed, is meant to improve our organization activities and how we can how we can uh, improve uh, design more become more creative in designing these approaches program activities that meant for the youth you're in a lot of networks are there any out there that you would like to be a part of that you're not yet a part of yes i may not know them but may i believe that uh, networking networks are part of development are part of uh, bringing you closer to the opportunities that would help you to grow your organization. Opportunities of learning, opportunities of sharing, the resource mobilization. So um, I believe in network because you cannot work alone. You cannot say that now the network I have is enough. You need to expand more networks. So the network, I want to be <laughs> as an organization. Of course, now we are in Youth Lead, Youth Power. But now I'm looking at being in a network of USAID. USAID, <laughs> greater team. want to see how also those big organizations are going to be in a network of USAID people. As a youth leader, what are you most grateful for? What, what support have you received as an individual that you appreciate the most? This younger, I mean, Young African Leaders Initiative. We had an intensive, an intensive training, leadership, um, social inclusion, personality. It is a, a great support that me individually that have received that has helped me to grow to be at this particular level. It sounds like you've taken great advantage of all of the opportunities that have been given to you, both as an individual and as an organization. What support do you still need to grow as an individual and as an organization? I still need to grow uh, capacity. I need more knowledge uh, because still what I'm, what I, much as I'm doing this, I feel that I'm not perfect enough and I still have more to learn. So the support, I need more exposure 
I need more learning, I need more sharing experiences. Uh, how do other people do it? What have they achieved? How can they help me to achieve this? How can they impart this to achieve this? Organization, of course, Safe Plan, we are growing, but we still lack so much. We need to increase the capacity of organization in implementing the activities. The organization effectiveness is so much important. Then the resources. We need resources that can really support us to achieve our mandate, to implement our mandate and uh, achieve our goal. I was really struck by how aware Annette was of the importance of networks and the need to be continually learning and growing. When it comes to supporting small organizations, they just don't need financial support. While this is very important, a big part of their success is due to the networks of people that they're able to work with and learn from. We need to be constantly looking for ways of bringing people together so that they can learn from one another. In this next segment, we're going to shift again to talking about the local government and what they are doing to support women's economic empowerment. First, we'll hear from Annette expanding on this issue, and then Lindsay will talk with Nick, an older community member who is on Safe Plans board. Do you know of any policies or programs locally or nationally that are helping young women start businesses like Buo Bay in Uganda? Yeah. Uh, uh, what is there is uh, gender policy, which talks about uh, women, <laughs> women equal opportunities to development and also access uh, to equal opportunities. Then um, there are many other policies that have been put in place, being formulated, that see more women in business. There are other CSOs which have also helped in formulating these places, formulating these policies. For example, uh, we have um, women in development, uh, which has been uh, moving on a while, and it helps women to come in, uh, get engaged, participate in economic activities. Uh, then we have uh, uh, environment, uh, economic resource policy, because uh, it, most policies it, now it, it wants women to come in, to engage women. We are not looking at only talking about men. We want also women to, to, have, uh, to have and also uh, <laughs> engage in these activities. Uh, that's why we came with this Budong Women Enterprise. Of course, we have some few men, but we felt that if you bring something like women enterprise, women will feel more, or will feel more sense of ownership. They feel that they belong to the group, so that it can pull more women, much as men are there, but the higher percentage to be women. This is Nick from Safe Plans Board, a community elder who facilitates access to local government and beneficiaries and who helps to provide legitimacy to the youth-led organization. Nick, are you aware of any support programs for local community-based organizations provided by the government of Uganda? A CBONGO, Supplement Government Effort. There's something they're doing. There's a progress. The government is doing a lot. Mm. But uh, we are also getting some support because as now, as the project, we are not doing in isolation. The local leaders and central government, the RDC, 
that some represent the position of the president, the LOC chairman, someone for the district elected by the community, and this technical craft, they always give us help. They guide us, they train us, because they have a mission and a vision. So we have to work with the vision of that count, that district, Masindi. So they have their vision, they say food security, involve those people in growing food, uh, on in the skilling, train them so that they're able to do something at their own. Are there suggestions that the local government or community have made to you as a board that you have then passed on to Safe Plan regarding their activities? Uh, the local government, what they have done to us, when we go there, they welcome us, they join us in the community, and they give us maximum support like security. You know, it is not easy. Then when we are recognized by them, those locals support us. They know that that person is working there. He's given enough security. He's given enough freedom to do the work. And uh, where possible, they offer us a piece of what? Uh, maybe an office or a space to do the work. Actually, their acceptance, accepting us and recognizing us is so important to play our role. Mm. When we call them, they come in, they give guidance to the people, they encourage the people to do, to join us to do the work. Like what we have, we are doing in the past with the five, over seven partners. You are the eighth, the youth said. So those people find some activities for us and we enter in the community. It was really nice to be able to talk to Nick. Throughout the time we spent with Safe Plan staff, he was always in the background, quietly overseeing what was happening and clearly taking pride in the organization's accomplishments. He plays a key role in connecting CBOs like Safe Plan to government officials. Having a board made up of both young people and individuals like Nick provides an array of valuable strengths that Safe Plan can draw upon. Next, Lindsay is going to talk to Sandy, who we heard from in a previous episode. He's an elected government representative in Niantonze who is actively involved in the work that Safe Plan is doing there. He is particularly well-placed to talk about the role of government policies. As I mentioned, Sandy represents the county and works as a representative to the government, so he isn't part of Safe Plan, but very aware of the work they are doing. This conversation was recorded in front of the Bowobe beneficiaries in Niantonze, so you might hear some kids and women in the background. Here's Lindsay talking with Sandy. How is the government enacting policies or helping enforce them in the community to help make young women less vulnerable? Yeah, uh, yeah of course, uh, at uh, the level of the government, especially at the national government, a lot of programs to ensure that the girl child is in school, to ensure that uh, the girl child is protected. However, also locally, at our level, at the sub-county level, uh, we have also passed bylaws to ensure that we protect the girl child, we ensure that we, uh, we promote the girl child's education. A lot has been done. But in terms of skills development, to ensure that the girl who has dropped out of school is being made to, to, to be self-reliant, 
that a girl tomorrow in the morning is able to go in his her hotel, maybe in her confectionery, maybe in her knitting. That one has not been done much. Although at the government there is a policy that each sub county is supposed to have a polytechnic, but at our level as Budongo, there is none. So a lot has been done even by some other development partners, but not to the level of skills development. You mentioned a moment ago some of the policies and laws that have been enacted to help women. Are there any policies or programs in Uganda specifically to help young women pursue a career or start a business? In Uganda, there is what they call OWEP, Uganda Women Entrepreneur Support Program that is in government. Uh, there is the, at, the, at the national level, there are, there are policies to ensure that each sub county has a community polytechnic. Uh, at uh, also the national level, there are laws concerning the rights and the, the protection of children, uh, meaning that those laws go a long way to protect these women. But also at the local level, at the sub county level, we enacted laws, uh, uh, especially on the co uh, control of alcohol consumption, overconsumption of alcohol, the harm. So when you look at the, there are some clauses in the law protecting, barring children from being uh, attending, uh, entering bars, barring children from uh, from uh, from attending disco dances, barring the use of children in sharing and exposing them to drugs which will de deter them from maybe attaining education and exposing to them, them to the risks. So somehow those are some of the policies I know. And uh, also at the local level, we are advocating for at least giving a support to the girl child, especially in primary schools, in terms of uh, uh, provision of sanitary conditions to the girl child. So those are a few of the policies that are taking place to ensure that the girl child is assisted to be in school and protected. And are you seeing improvement in the quality of young women's lives through the implementation of those policies and laws? At, um, at the national level, I can say yes. Uh, also, at the local level, I can say yes. But a lot of challenges are still at hand. Uh, because, like, for example, the policy, the laws to be enforced, to be learned, to be uh, known to the public, popularized, uh, it has not gone so much. Uh, because uh, a parent in the village might not know that the, the, the law exists. And if he broke it, there's nobody to follow him up, for example. Somebody can withdraw the child from school. The head teacher here will complain, but nobody is there to follow it. So I think it is important that these laws need to be enforced if possible. The policeman at Katanga or Masindi is not aware that a child in Budongo has dropped out of school. The community is not, the law is not popular, the policy is not popular. It doesn't know that if a neighbor's child is at home, it is illegal according to the national laws. So you will also be comfortable with it. But if it was popularized, if cultural leaders were told that it is wrong to marry a young girl, if they were told, I think much more better can be, much more could be achieved.
And how do you think you get that message out there in an ideal world? How would you make sure that men in the village knew the laws that they had to follow? Yeah, in my own perspective, I think uh, if partners, we partnered up, all of us, government, civil society organizations, international community, whoever, if we partnered and took the message on ground, if we supported entities like, uh, like Safe Plan to have the programs reach the rural community, I think the message can reach the community and they can begin doing better. That wraps up another episode of our podcast. My big takeaway is just how important networks and partnerships are for helping small organizations succeed. They are the intangible inputs that can make a big difference in scaling programs. Whether it's someone being able to provide a valuable referral, exchanging lessons learned among other youth, or something more impactful like influencing government policy, these partnerships and networks are critical. Lindsay, did anything else stand out to you? With regards to policy, I realized how helpful it is for organizations to be aware of the national and local policies and see how they can align their work to government initiatives. At the same time, there is a lot of work in this area that needs to be done. For example, Sandy listed some of the laws that have been passed, yet there are often difficulties with enforcement. So there is still a ways to go. Yeah, especially when it comes to working in rural areas that are far away from the capital, they can be really hard to reach. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's so important to invest in small organizations that are doing great work to support these more marginalized communities. Well, we've spent a lot of time in Uganda speaking to a lot of different people and learning quite a bit. Next episode, we'll be looking at big picture trends and speaking with some of the people that you've already heard from to hear about their hopes and dreams for the future. Remember, you can always learn more at the following websites, youthpower.org or education links at www.edu-links.org. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app.